Hi, I'm, I'm Betty LaRue. I'm Vivian Vega. If you can hear us, you should come and listen. Of course, you know, spread time between us and the band. It'll be fun. Yeah, we don't want to take away from the music, but come see us anyway. Yeah, I mean, this um, will be on our YouTube channel, but I'd really like an audience. Come see us live. We like attention. <laughs> really, really do. We really do. Um, we got all cute. We did. I put on makeup. I and also spanked. did. I so spanked even. Spanked. Dang. Even. All right. <laughs> I uh, I put on makeup and uh, the comfiest dress I could find. You look gorgeous. Well, thank you. Again, it's yours. Yeah, you, I mean, you look stunning. You look really gorgeous. It's um, really hard to get dressed and ready for things when you're pregnant. Oh my gosh, two days in a row? Even? Like, I deserve a medal. Absolutely. Um, but we are here at Secret Studios in Columbus, Ohio, and we get the coolest background, and we get the coziest seat. Oh yeah, and we are here for She Burns Bright 2021. Woo! For some reason, my brain thought you were going to say 2012, and I was like, what? Oh, man. What's happening? Did it we was go? a simpler time. Oh, a simpler time. Simpler time. Um, but we got to get going, because we've got a lot of information. So if you are not familiar with our podcast, we just talk about badass women in history. Some of them you know, some of them you don't know. Some of them you know and you think you know, but there's some important information that you're probably missing. Absolutely. And I'm really hoping that my person today is going to be one of the people that you probably didn't know everything about. That is how mine is as well. Awesome. I uh, I picked somebody that was requested by my husband. Cool. So um, I picked somebody because you stole my uh, Halloween person, <laughs> and then I uh, decided to do my other Halloween. Sorry. Person, so sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, anyways, so do you want to go first? I can get started. All Absolutely. Right. Um, if you follow our podcast, you know that Vivian's was the last episode, which she did steal uh, my person Elvira. Did not Lou. steal. Did not steal. <laughs> we just have the same brain. We have and the same it's, brain. it's really tough to decide on who's going to do what, and I got it first. So, yeah. <laughs> she did, yeah. So, um, my person that I'm going to be doing today, but I'm really excited because there uh, is some really awesome information I think is perfect for this festival, too. Uh, she comes from my all-time favorite movie, uh, and also a classic Halloween movie, and she's actually got a couple of classic Halloween movies. Oh. I'm going to be talking today about <gasps> Gina Davis. Oh my gosh, okay. I saw the picture, and I was so excited because I remember one time in one of our podcasts, you mentioned how she was like a really great archer. Oh yeah. Oh my god, I'm excited. Oh okay. no, she's pretty exciting. She's why? Why Super baller. I'm so excited. So my sources, of course I went to Wiki, I went to IMDb, I went to cjane.org. Um, I read the headlines only for The Hollywood Reporter and The Washington Examiner, but That's she's enough. had a lot of big headlines That's recently. Enough. Yeah. And then I went and did my other research on like her actual website um, from what they did the headline for. Anyways, so she was born um, Virginia Elizabeth Davy, Davis uh, in Wareham, Massachusetts on January 21st of 1956 to Lucille and William Davis. Um, Jean, uh, Gina attended Wareham High School and was an exchange student in Sweden, oh. and she is fluent to this day in Swedish. Oh my god, of course she um, is. It's said that she adopted the nickname Gina from a popular Swedish animated film series featuring Gina the Crocodile, um, <laughs> and the names of which there's like a whole film series. I'm not going to butcher the names, they're in Swedish. You'll, you don't know it fluently? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Uh, <laughs> Do 
your research, So while in so high school, she um, she felt very left out, had very low self-esteem, because at six foot tall, she was the tallest girl in school. Holy crap. Yeah, I didn't realize, so I knew tall. she was tall, but I didn't realize how tall she was. And, like, she's one of these beautiful, like, beautiful, beautiful statuesque women. Yeah. I put her up there um, with, like, Grace Jones. Yes. And, like, she's just one of she's these, She's the like, intimidating to me. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Anyways, um... So she studied at New England College before earning her bachelor's degree in drama in the Boston University in 1979. Uh, she married long-term boyfriend restaurateur Richard Almano on March 25th of 1981. She moved to New York to start her modeling career and was a, a window mannequin for Ann Taylor. Whoa! That's a fun job. I've done that a couple of times and it is a you very have. fun job. Yeah. I could not do that because like my nose will itch or like <laughs> I have to pee. It's interesting, um, and it's a lot of fun, and just like having people like walk by you and point and take pictures. She though awkward. looks like a mannequin. Oh, she does. She does. Uh, she looks like what they sculpted all of those terrible mannequins from the early two thousands. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so, anyways, uh, she signed on with the Zoli agency and eventually modeled in the Victoria's Secret catalog. Did not know that. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So, News so to me. It is during this time that she was cast by director Sidney Pollack to play a soap opera actress in his movie Tootsie. Um, seems he needed someone who looked good in underwear as the character was described <laughs> as someone who was going to be in their underwear a lot. Well, you know what? No better place to search for that person than in Victoria's Secret That's catalog. exactly what he did. He I just mean, looked through the Victoria's Secret catalog to find someone who had the talent he was looking for. Sure, yeah. sure. So, well, lucky uh, for him, she's a great actress. So. This was the top person <laughs> movie of 1982. Um, she spent some time on the small screen, screen with a reoccurring role on Buffalo Bill, which was 82 to 83. Holy cow. That's a connection to mine. <laughs> That's Whoa! The name Buffalo Bill. Keep it in your mind. Keep it in mind. That's the weirdest we thing I've ever heard. Here. We don't do anything on purpose here. <laughs> that uh, made me, like, nervous. I got so scared for some reason. Like, she was going to turn into my All person. of a sudden, I was going to be like, and actually, no. Um, and then she uh, starred, had some starring roles in Knight Rider, Riptide, Family Ties, and Remington Steel. And then she had her own series in 1985, Ooh. Sarah, which lasted 13 episodes. She even scored an audition for Sarah Connor, but lost to Linda Hamilton. I only bring it up because I, Sarah Connor is one of my favorite badass women in. Like, she would have been an amazing Sarah. Connor. Oh, she would have been. But awesome. I mean, now they casted a wonderful yeah, Sarah no, Connor, no, no. but she would have been a great one. Um, so she and Richard separated February 1983. I imagine he met her in 77, and then all of a sudden her star is rising. It's probably a little uncomfortable. It's got to get out of there. And they divorced <laughs> uh, in 1984. In 85, she got uh, a starring role opposite of Chevy Chase in the movie Fletch. Oh. Um, and then starred as... Um, oh, crap. Starred oh, as... <laughs> I forgot to play... <laughs> I forgot to put the movie title for the next one I was going to say. Just guess it. I know. Hold on. <laughs> uh, and starred as a nymphomat nymphomaniac vampire in Transylvania, some number I can't remember. What is that movie? Transylvania. It's not 90210, right? No. Because that's what we just talked about in the no, last like, one. I, I Transylvania um, for... It's like the song, the it, old it, song from the, It doesn't anyways, matter. So, anyways. yeah, so that's where she met 
Um, that's where she starred opposite of Jeff Goldblum, and oh the God. two would go on to marry in 1987. <gasps> what? Yeah. Did you know she was married to Jeff I Goldblum? I sure as shit did not. That's so friend. Um, and then they starred in two more films together: The Fly, another classic Halloween movie. Um, and Earth Girls Are Easy, oh, yes. which is such a fun movie, and she gets to say that she's got the role that she actually says, I don't want you to think that Earth Girls Are Easy. She gets the line from the movie title. <laughs> what? What a um, nice So role. from here, she appeared in her biggest roles, which was Beetlejuice in 88, which the best. is my all-time favorite the best. movie. It's the best Absolutely. Um, the Accidental Taurus in 88, which she won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for her portrayal in. Um, the iconic Thelma and Louise. Oh, iconic. Iconic Thelma and Louise. Right. Of which she said she would have played either role. She was just going to be in that film. Amazing. Yeah, and that was Ridley Scott's first film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then A League of Their Own in 1992. That is also a fucking solid film. Yeah. So By after, the way, we cuss, and I'm sorry. Oh, it's... <laughs> we, we refer to our podcast as F-word friendly. Yes, so, sorry. Sorry in case you need earmuffs. Earmuffs. Um, okay, so after a five-month courtship, Davis married filmmaker Rennie Harlan on September 18th of 1983. Uh, in an attempt to turn her into an action star, which she would have been a really good one. Oh, yeah. Uh, he then directed her biggest flop, Cutthroat Island of 1995, and then the moderately successful The Long Kiss Goodnight in 96. So, which she starred opposite of Samuel L. Jackson. Have you ever heard of or seen The Long never, Kiss Goodnight? Never in my It's an amazing film. I think that it should be the new, like, Christmas... Uh, action film. I think it should replace. Wow, that's a lot coming, coming from you. Coming from me. Because you from love me. that movie. Yeah, so like, I think that it, it needs to replace um, Die Hard. Die Hard. I was about to say Con Air, which is I know, <laughs> Nicolas Cage, yeah. and that's wrong. <laughs> so anyways, if you've never seen The Long Kiss Goodnight, you should see it. It was only a moderate success, but the second you watch it, you're like, yeah, she could have been an amazing um, uh, like action star. Absolutely. Um, so anyways, uh, Cutthroat Island, just so you know, flopped critically and commercially and was once listed as having the largest box office loss by Guinness World Records. Oh my god. So, um, what a terrible world record to hold. Right? So, <laughs> Gina no. filed for divorce on August 26th of 1997, not because he directed terrible movies with her in her, and it um, she filed for divorce a day after her his personal assistant gave birth to a child fathered by Harlan. Yikes. Yeah, the divorce became final in 1998. That's a well-hidden secret. Um, so then she took like a two-year hiatus from acting. And this is where a lot of people start going, like, where did Gina Davis go? By the way, she never stopped at working, but I'll get into that. <laughs> um, but during this two-year hiatus from acting, uh, she... Uh, she picked up archery in 1997. She oh, just so picked she was it up late. in 1997. She was late to the game. I yeah. thought this was something she had just done forever. Oh. And then in July of 1999, two years later, she was one of 300 women who vied for a semifinals uh, berth in the U.S. Olympic archery team to participate in Sydney 2000 Olympics. She placed 24th. Um, she didn't qualify for the team, but also participated as a wild card entry at the uh, Sydney International Golden Arrow. So in two years, wow. she became good enough in archery to, to be, go to the Olympics, maybe. Like, yeah, to be the top 25. That's which is insane. Just absolutely insane. Absolutely. I can't, I don't have the confidence, I don't think, to do anything 
slightly athletic. I think I just, no, nothing at all. I just think it's an amazing thing. So and they she, did add chess though. Yeah. To well, the she Olympics, even so. said she really she even said like I would never consider myself an athletic person. I just like I don't know. I, I put two and two together. I'm like, well, maybe picking up archery after your uh, husband fathered your assistant's <laughs> child was just like a stress reliever. Right, and she was, she was just really stressed, so she was very good. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I'm not going to miss again. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm scared um, of her. Yeah, She's so, scary. She, I mean, like, she absolutely should be. Uh, <laughs> so she returned to the big screen in 99 as the mother in Stuart Little and all of the subsequent films. Love Stuart Little. Yeah, and in 2001, she had a ceremony with Reza Jari, and they had two, and the two had three children. Wow. They had a, a daughter, Aliza, born um, in 2002 when Gina was 46. Holy shit. And smokes. fraternal twin sons, Kalis <gasps> and Khan, born uh, 2004 when she was 48. Holy crap. Yeah. So not only does she have three of them, but she has them quickly next to one another. Yeah, and in oh, no. her late 40s. Oh my. Yeah. Oh, um, no. So in May of 2018, uh, her, uh, Reza, her husband, filed for divorce from Davis, um, listing their date of separation of November 15th of 2017. Davis responded by filing a petition in which she claimed that they were never legally married. They had a ceremony where his father married them and they never obtained a marriage certificate. Oh. Um, so this is actually one of the headlines that just broke like three days ago. They're finally divorced, but it's not actually a divorce because legally they had no paperwork showing that they were like sure. married. And it just was really nasty, really nasty. And the media covered it nastily because the media is nasty. <laughs> media is nasty. nasty. Okay. Nasty. Uh, <laughs> so as she entered her 40s, the opportunity for great roles just fell off. Gina felt it like really hard and she's been vocal about the disparity between roles for 40 to 50 something year old actresses versus actors. So like 40 to 50 year old actors are still getting to play opposite of 20 year old actresses. Sure. But 40 to 50 year old actresses are the mother to Stuart Little. You know what? It's so funny because Casey and I just had that very conversation. Yeah. I mean, there are some men who drop off, but it doesn't, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's because of their age. Yeah, she essentially was just like, the phone just, like, people are like, where'd you go? And she's like, I didn't go anywhere. I'm still getting rules, just, but they just, like, dropped yeah. off the face of the earth. I'm yeah. just one filming here now. Um, so anyways, uh, in 2004, which is why she's kind of perfect for this and, per and like, perfect for now. And it's so funny. I didn't do this on pur purpose, but she is an excellent woman for me to do right now, and I now have a new dream job like, oh. ask, aspiration. Oh. oh, gosh. Okay, so um, in 2004, she founded the Gina Davis Institute on Gender in Media. Oh, yeah. This well, that is, makes sense. This is a nonprofit research organization that researches gender representation in media and advocates for equal representation of women. After watching TV with her youngest daughter, um, Gina noticed that the large majority of the television shows and other media lacked a large number of female characters. She went on to sponsor the largest research pro project ever undertook on gender in children's entertainment. They studied 122 GPG and PG-13 films theatrically released between 2006 and 2009. They found that three times more men than women appeared in children's television shows and films. The research also showed that children in the, that uh, characters in the workplace were 80.5% male and only 19.5% women. Whoa. 
Um, generally, she found that only 29.2 of all speaking characters are women. I'm sorry, say that number? 29.2 of all speaking characters. So men make up, even though in the actual population, there are more women in the there world when it comes to TV yeah. and children's movies, uh, like, we don't even get, like, a third. That's insane. Yeah. So That's and, insane. Yeah, so she... What? Yeah. Um, so, and, and the women that are, you know, shown are more sexualized, or often more sexualized sure. than yeah. the men. Which goes along with the age thing, I'm yeah. sure. So yeah. as children are engaging with media up to 7 to 10 hours a day, the representation of women in children's television shows and films has a major impact on how young girls believe they should act and how they should view themselves. So, the actress, who has an IQ of 140. Okay, so high IQ. So uh, Gorgeous. Tall yeah. and is an archer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. So, That's uses, fine. so she uses science and new groundbreaking ways to study biases in her organization. The two primary research tools that they use for pre and post production evaluation of content are the GDIQ, the Gina Davis inclusion uh, quota, and spell check for bias. What? Okay. So, so she has her own IQ named after her. Well, no, it's not an IQ. It's actually um, it's it's a formula, a format, um, and it's an AI that they use to view these kids' shows and movies and like oh, movies and television I see, in general. I see, I see, I see. To, okay. to judge biases and see like what things sure, are. Sure, sure, sure. So let me. Okay. I'm going to explain a little bit about what they do. Um, so the Gina Davis inclusion quotient is a groundbreaking research tool comprised of a hybrid of methodology that leverages machine learning, which is one thing I'm really interested in, to analyze audio and video media content. Founded by Google.org, the GDIQ is a collaboration between the Institute and the University of Southern California Signals Analysis and Interpretation Laboratory and is the only software tool in existence with the ability to measure screen and speaking. Um, it incorporates human expert coding to determine the representation of six identities. Gender, race, LGBTQIA+, disabilities, ages plus 50, and body size plus skin tone. Whoa. So it goes what? through film. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, so it goes through film and, and media. Is your and family says, okay with moving to L.A.? Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I think my husband would be. Um, I'll come visit. So it goes through all of this, and it uses, like, machine learning and AI and, um, you know, human expert coding to find all these things and see, like, what kind of inclusion and exclusions there are in the media. That is amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. So, and then the other one, spell check for bias, which, by the way, when I said earlier that I only read the headlines, it was like... Uh, Gina Davis is now spell-checking movies to see if they're uh, PC. And I was like, okay, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm not going to read what you're saying, but I am going to find That's out what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, spell-check for bias is a collaboration between the Institute and the University of Southern California's Signal Analysis and Interpretation Library. It analyzes film and television scripts, manuscripts, and advertising briefs to create a breakdown of characters and dialogue. Beyond our software-based script and analysis program, Spellcheck for Bias also incorporates the Institute's human expert coding to determination the representation of gender, race, LGBTQIA+, disabilities, age plus 50, and body size. In addition, Spellcheck for Bias, pardon me, 
provides an analyst of tropes and stereotypes Whoa. and such attributes as racial injustice, violence, discrimination, and intelligence. Holy crap. Yeah, so she'll go in and be like, okay, well, this is, you know, not only not very inclusive, but you use a lot of stereotypes that are not okay. Right. So, I, And that's, that's why she got that headline. That, that is like, not she's making truth. I thought could be possible to, like, And just she does it with computers for. and machine learning yeah. and coding, and this is all stuff that I'm very interested in. Yeah. So, like, maybe one day that could be my job. Uh, no longer NASA. Now it's the Gina Davis <laughs> Um So... So if you are interested in learning some more about like what she does or some of the stuff that they found out um, by what she does, you can go to virtual lectures um, at cjane.org um, under About Us and Events Calendar. They will cover everything from redefining what it means to be API, which is Asian and Pacific Islander, in entertainment, um, to gender representation in advertising in India, to black women in Hollywood. So they just like cover all sorts of things. Um, they. It, it, I'm definitely going to be plugging in and watching some of those lectures because I sure. think that they look really cool. So that is some little-known facts about Gina Davis. You are right. I knew very little of I mean, those. Yeah, so she's working because she was like, I lost my job in Hollywood because I'm a woman over 40. Who, yeah. so by the way, let me just real quick. I'm at 21 <laughs> She's getting minutes. fired up. Guys. I'm good. She's getting let fired me up. just say that if you watched the last season of Glow... Gina Davis was in oh. it. First of all, everyone's where's Gina Davis when so she never good. stopped working. You so just stopped good. watching. Yeah. So, like second of all, she's in that last season. Yeah. She's so good in it. She's so goddamn sexy. And I know, beautiful. I know that she would have lasted uh, the third season if it if, if the it show lasted. And that and her yeah. in that freaking showgirl outfit is just jaw dropping and like it it makes me so angry that you see age on a woman and you automatically desex her. Yes. This yes. makes me mad. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's you're that. allowed to be sexy after a certain age. You Did can you be sexy. That? Yes. Did you know that? And I, I, you know, you I don't have I to stop at forty. You don't have to be Stuart Little's mother <laughs> after forty. I would adopt Stuart Little. Like, I mean, I would. I mean, it was a really successful movie and everything. But she she like, I mean, you look at her and all of it. She's just. She is just one of the most amazing women ever, and it makes me mad that they're like, where'd she go? And it's like, well, no, no, Hollywood forgot her. Our first featured female-owned business is Prairie's Desserts. Small bites with big flavors. Talitha Perry's is a professionally trained pastry chef. She makes all types of desserts. Mike and Betty did a paintable sugar cookie that was not only fun, but delicious. We had such a good time painting it. Perry's Desserts is an online business. You can find them at www.perrysdesserts.com. And there's a coupon for 15% off if you use code THANKYOU15. Again, that's Perry's Desserts at perrysdesserts.com. P-A-R-R-I-E-S-D-E-S-S-E-R-T-S.com. I love that story. That was so good. I, I didn't know any of that except for the movies that she was in and the archery thing that you told me. Yeah. That's it. That's all I knew. Yeah. She's uh, a pretty awesome woman. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. 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 Huh? Can you introduce yourself? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is... 
I am Betty LaRue. I'm Vivian Vega. We're Revolution Rosies. This is a podcast about badass women in history. Thank you. And now. And now. Hers and was now. now. Mine is going to be from history. So, are you ready for mine? Yeah, I'm very ready for yours. Okay, it's a little long, uh, but I think we'll get through it. Okay. Okay. So, the, like, like I said, this one was requested by my husband, Casey. Um, so he better actually listen, because I did a lot of research on this person. Um, and I apologize, I'm like lounging. Oh, honey, you're pregnant. You I get am. to do whatever the fuck you want. I'm no allowed. I tell you anything. I'm allowed. Yeah, um, So You're making I, me jelly. I'm like, how do I adjust this? Oh, you can prop it. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you're good. I'm sorry. You can prop, prop it, it in the corner. fold it, do whatever you need with it. Turn um, it around, snap it. Okay, so I am doing... Annie Oakley. Yeah. Yeehaw. Annie Oakley. Which is why Buffalo Bill. I, I know. When you said Buffalo Bill, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Um, my sources are centerofthewest.org and, of course, Wikipedia. Um, so Annie was born. How much do you know about Annie Oakley? Uh, I know a little and that there's a musical about her. Yeah. Annie, get your gun. Annie, get your um, gun. Yeah. And, I, so and I, that she was a good gunslinger. She totally was. And she was born in Ohio. Oh, yeah. I did know that, too. We had the Ohio unit back when I was in school, and they talked about all the famous people from Ohio. And they're like, she was the, the only star like, woman they talked about. And I was yeah. like, sweet. All right. Annie Oakley. Oh, that does suck. I'm going to have to look into that. I mean, there's a lot more. It's just they didn't mention them. Mm. It's cool. It's normal. Whatever. And I'm from a really small town, so <laughs> they hate us. <laughs> Oh, it's like a mini Texas. Anyways, um, so Annie was born Phoebe Ann Mosey, or sometimes Moses. They messed it up on a um, census once, and nobody knows if it was Mosey or Moses, so whatever. Um, it was actually spelled with, like, a bunch of Z's in it. Anyways. Phoebe. Phoebe. Like, doesn't sound like a name that would have been from, like, Annie Oakley time. I know. Phoebe Ann Mosey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was born on August 13, 1860 in Drake County, Ohio. She's buried there, too. Um, which is cool. I've never been. I'm going to go. I'm I was going to take a say, road trip. I, my brain was just going, like, would I be that weird mother to take my daughter to... No. Yep, no, no I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine to do. I went to go see Paul Lind once. He's in Mount Vernon. <laughs> Why? Like, the uncle from freaking Bewitched. <laughs> just like... I'm gonna get the voice of the rat in uh, what's that movie with the pig? Uh, Charlotte's Web. Yeah. Anyways, I'm just gonna go stand over his decomposing body. That's for my a favorite day. thing to do is look at celebrity graves. That's my favorite thing in the world <laughs> to do. Anyways, um, her father Jacob died when she was just six, leaving her mother with six children and no money. That's uh, insane. Yeah, and you're in Ohio. It's not like you're in a city or anything. You're in Ohio. And this was what year? Like what year? So she was born in 1860, so it would be 1866. Yeah. So because her family was not well off, uh, she was actually sent to live at the Drake Infirmary, which housed elderly folks, mentally ill folks, and orphans, which is just a crazy team. What is, what That's is a crazy like, team. No one's taking care of anyone there. No. No, not at all. Not That's insanity. Like, can you imagine having to send children to the home? You know what, though? I will say, My I, I will say, though, they actually were pretty good with children there. So they, um, they teach children 
um, like their reading, their writing, their math, like all of that stuff. So she was actually pretty well learned. Um, she also learned how to sew. She would make her own little outfit. Life skills. Yes. Um, so she stayed at the infirmary until she was about 13 or 14 years old. Um, I mean, that's when you get a job and start the real world. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, she actually wasn't able to technically start a job, but she made money for the family, I'll tell you how. So when she got back home, she realized her mother married for a third time. So she, um, the, the second husband died shortly after she went to the infirmary. So she got married really soon before she went to the infirmary. He died soon after she went there. Then she got married a third time while she was in the infirmary. Uh, which that's what she did back then. You yeah. just get married and pump out babies. Well, I mean, and also as a woman with six children, six children, her best bet was to get married. Yes. There's nothing else oh, for her absolutely. to do to bring money into the family but to find a mm -hmm. husband. Yeah. Yep. Triflers need not apply. Oh, she ended up having three more kids with this one. Oh, no. Yeah. That's so many kids. That's so many kids. Too many kids. Um, and they probably have a very tiny house. Um, so because her family was still very low on funds, they had to rely on the land and survive to make money. Um, basically, they're just like living to make money at that point. Right. Um, so Annie started using her father's rifle to hunt for the family. She's like Katniss. She is. She is. Uh, they said that her first shot was made when she was eight years old and she saw a squirrel. So she hit something that tiny with those old ass guns at eight. At eight. <laughs> I couldn't imagine doing something like that. That's crazy to me. Um, I guess, you know, when you're starving, you'll do anything. But um, so she uh, started hunting, and the local grocer was like, wow, she's bringing in a lot of meat. We should, like, pay her to take that meat and resell it to, like, hotels and uh, restaurants in the larger it's cities. It's insane to think about that. That's definitely how they used to do it back then. Absolutely. Day. You would just find, like, a, a local, like, hunter and yeah. be like, hey. She was closest to Cincinnati, so the grocery store sold the meat successful, like, to successful restaurants and hotels in Cincinnati. That's really cool. Yeah. That's a real, I mean, like, that is, like, yeah. this is, like, farm to table, but, like, different. Right. It's literally, like... <laughs> Like land to table, eighteen hundreds like, land to table, <laughs> prairie, prairie, prairie to table. table. <laughs> yeah. um, so she began to get really, really good at hunting and was able to p help pay <clears throat> for the two hundred dollar mortgage on her mom's house by the time she was fifteen years old. So wow. she's paying her mom's mortgage for this nine kids, her husband, her mom, and then herself. Easily, I know. Um, so uh, a hotel owner from Cincinnati actually noticed her remarkable talent and uh, persuaded her to enter into a shooting contest because it's the 1800s. That's what you do, a shooting contest. I mean, like, they were big because they had, like, the traveling stagecoach type stuff. Yeah, yeah sure. So, absolutely. So, especially um, a woman. Especially a woman that has, well, like, and that she, kind of Well, I guess she was really tiny. She was only, like, five foot tall, which I'm 5'2", so even smaller than my stature. And um, she was up against the best marksman in the game at the time, um, who was also, strangely, a dog trainer. Um, the resume. That comes in handy, like, way later, but I didn't even mention it, but I might because it's just so weird, I have to. But anyways, his name was Frank Butler, okay. and he had his own kind of traveling show, like you had mentioned, with, like, a bunch of dudes just shooting guns and doing tricks. Um, but he was known for being, like, the best marksman. And um, he, the hotel owner, um, actually put a bet on Annie, saying, "Oh, I yeah. bet you, 
that this little tiny teenage girl can beat the shit out of you. At and his masculinity test. said no. Well, no. so he was like, I've never seen her. Let's, let's yeah, take that right. bet. So he bet against himself, or he bet on himself while he bet the hotel guy bet on Annie. Okay. And um, Frank took the bet and he lost. Annie won the shootout with 25 out of 25 marks hit where he missed one. Ooh. It's a close call. That is a close call. <laughs> it's a very close call. I mean, I wonder if it was like maybe the shootout was 20 and then they just kept being like, okay, what They're like, wow, these fuckers will not miss. <laughs> you know what? That's a great, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but Annie, um, still going by Phoebe Ann at this point, was asked by Frank if she would want to join him for his traveling show of marksmen. That is, that is an excellent, like, that is not a source, like, sore loser. So not at all. Not at all. Not That's at all. awesome. No. Um, and um, she, um, she joined the gang um, by holding objects for Frank to shoot at um, while he was shooting. And then she did her own shooting stunts as well. Um, this is where um, she began getting the stage name Annie and dropping Phoebe. So she went by Annie Oakley. Um, I, I saw where she got the name Oakley, but it made no sense because we're not from the 1800s. So, got it. you know, just make up your own thing. She saw a tree. She saw an oak tree, and she's like, Oakley, perfect. Sounds good. That's, I just made that up. That's not actual I'm Betty Telephone Pole. <laughs> perfect. I am Vivian Pinwheel. <laughs> <laughs> We're changing it right now. Right now. Um, and then I said, <laughs> instead of her real name, she used Annie Oakley, which we as burlesquers know nothing about having alternate names. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, anyways. Um, like 18 Facebook profiles. Um, <laughs> by 1882, Frank and Annie were married, and they were an unstoppable team. I think I knew that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I knew that that's who she married. And it, it's very sweet, actually. Yeah. It's a very sweet story. Um, surprisingly. We sometimes don't get the sweetest right. of stories, but this one is. Um, so she was able to perform all across the U.S., and in 1884, in St. Paul, Minnesota, she met and befriended the Lakota leader, Sitting Bull. Um, he was a war hero and all-around badass, in case you don't know. He fought a war in moccasins. <laughs> I mean, and he was good at it. Like, he was I like... Mean, the, okay, let me just... I'm just going to say, uh, moccasins then were not the moccasins your dad wears around the house. You're right. But you know what? Honestly, th they were made really well. Yeah. Better than the soldiers' footwear, evidently, because they just kept wearing. I mean, they were out made for the type of terrain. Yeah, you're right. Make them a better. Yeah. You're right. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, knowing we your, do not know knowing your terrain and knowing your area will do wonders. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Um, so he was impressed. Sitting Bull was impressed that she was so small and demure, but was an incredible shot and had so much self-assurance. She knew her shit. Yeah. Well. You know? That's how women have to be. We have to be small and oh more while we know our shit. Especially when you're in a bunch of, like, you're with dudes all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. All the time. Um, so Sitting Bull was still a political prisoner from the war, um, which is really cool. She was like, I don't give two toots. I don't give two toots. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to hang out with Sitting Bull. That was more like Ado Annie from Oklahoma. Anyways. <laughs> Um, <laughs> wrong wrong musical. <laughs> um, but uh, they met despite this, and um, and he wanted her to like come because of her reputation solely, because of her reputation. Because he was also a great shot, um, and he ended up calling her. He actually wanted to adopt her, because 
unfortunately, she was married, but she was still a teenager at the time. Um, and he, uh, he kind of adopted her by giving her a name, Aww. Little Sure Shot, which That's is the so cutest cute. thing I've ever heard in my life. It's really adorable. It's so cute. Um, and he would send money to the hotel she was staying at so that he could get a signed picture of her to put in his cell. Aww. I know. It's very cute. That's a cute friendship. I Isn't like that a friendships. cute friendship? Yes, <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, sitting bull, yeah, little cute, crazy monster. Um, so after performing for quite some time alone, the duo was noticed by Buffalo Bill, the sharpshooter military hero. Um, not the one that kidnaps and wears women's skin. <laughs> like, did you put that in your notes? I did. <laughs> like, just in case anyone was wondering. In case you were wondering, it's not that It's Buffalo not that Bill. one. You know, Goodbye Horses just starts playing in the background. <laughs> it's like, um, they joined his team in 1885. This changed the dynamic between the duo. Typically, Frank was the headliner, but with Bill, which made sense, it was his show, but with Bill, Annie was the shining star, and it was um, she was on all the promotional posters, and it said Champion Marksman, and this was printed or Markswoman. This was printed all over. I mean, that's such a draw. It like, is. That's the thing. It's such a draw. It is. Yeah. It is, and I'll tell you especially why later. Um, so Frank stepped down graciously and became her manager and assistant instead. He knew his place. He knew his fucking place. <laughs> Like, I'm better than you, bitch. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, wow. Good for him. He sounds like a good man. I know. He really does. Because at first I was like, oh, God, he's marrying a teenager. That's scary. Um, but nope. I mean, good. like, in those days, marrying a teenager wasn't that unheard of. No. It was, like, almost necessary. Yeah. Honestly. And it got her out of her small town. Yeah. Um, so she got to perform for the golden... Nope. She performed <laughs> with... That will come later. The golden the, nope. The Golden Note. You don't know the Golden Note? <laughs> um, she got to perform with the Wild West team all over the world. And in 1887, they performed for the Golden Jubilee of Queen Victoria. Like, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that is a long time ago. <laughs> I don't, like, time is weird because, yeah, I could say the date and it seems a long time ago. But then you'd say, like, a historical figure from that time and you're like, fuck, that was a long time ago. Um, I mean, let's be honest, if you think about, like, historical references, France was still beheading people at this point. Uh, they were beheading people until the 70s. Until Star Wars came out. Like, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, and I put here, I literally cannot imagine a shooting show being presented to heads of state and royalty now. Like, unless it's a Republican rally. <laughs> <laughs> like, there is no way... Guns would be allowed near a president, a queen, a princess, a fucking but you know, like, without, nobody, it's still a like governor a, even. There's still like Olympic, like, shoot, there's like marksman shows and stuff like that. So I could see something very well, sure, to, like, but you would have to go to the show. The show would not be brought to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, like, they, they literally went to Buckingham Palace and were fucking firing off guns in the back. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, 1800 guns, too, were like every bitch like, well, shot I hope this makes. the leg. Hope this makes and doesn't blow a big old death becomes her hole in your stomach. <laughs> um, so Annie became incredibly popular among women, and this prompted Buffalo Bill to demonstrate that shooting was um, not too intense for women and children if you know how to do it. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, it's important because, like, 
during those times, yeah, like hunting and that sort. Like it was it's so important. important. It's so it important. It was a life skill that you would well, need, especially like you have six children and your husband just died. You better know how to shoot. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of the men at that time were still very like macho and like no, I'll, I'll go ahead and hunt the food. But she gave women the like ability to be like, no, you know what? Fuck this. We can do this ourselves. Like you're not getting the good meat. <laughs> it's like going to the grocery store. Yeah. You know, if you have a list, you do it yourself. <laughs> um, so she began uh, promoting the service of women to combat by writing a letter to President William McKinley, offering up 50 lady sharpshooters who would provide their own ammo and their own arms. She trained all these 50 women, by the way. That's amazing. Yeah. That is so cool. That is unheard of. Un unheard of. Yeah. So she had like the, these 50 lady sharpshooters who were providing their own guns, their own ammo, and she was like, hey, we we will volunteer our time if we were to go to war with Spain, because the U.S. was in talks of going to war with Spain. And guess what? The U.S. did go to war with Spain, and it was the Spanish-American War. Uh, but surprise, surprise, her offer was rejected by Mr. McKinley. Um, and still, though, <laughs> this is the funny part, still, that little bastard had the gall to name the Volunteer Calvary, the Rough Riders, which was Bill's um, team's name. So Buffalo Bill's Wild West and Congress of Rough Riders, which is where Annie fucking starred in the whole thing. Rude. So rude. rude. But fun fact, my high school mascot was the Rough Riders, and it was Teddy Roosevelt that was um, the, the mascot. I, that's hilarious. And a, like, and a horse. And um, people thought it was a beaver. Because it looks so bad. <laughs> Wait, I, okay. I'm going to need images because I'm trying to understand how I, Teddy Roosevelt and a horse okay. becomes a beaver. So Teddy was part of that Calvary. Right. Um, so yeah. the, his, he's the Rough Rider, right? Right. That makes sense. I and understand that. So, I yeah, can imagine but he didn't Teddy look Roosevelt. Either, okay. So it was like a normal human body with this big ass head that was supposed to look like Teddy Roosevelt. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it gotcha. had this big, dirty mustache. And it was like a handlebar mustache. Like Teddy Roosevelt. Sure, sure. And then there's a horse that always got the smallest person in it. And it was like this big... So you <laughs> had one person in one costume right. riding another person in another. No, no, no. They didn't ride each other. The horse would like do little dances and stuff. And like Teddy Roosevelt would act like he's shooting guns from his hip. It doesn't sound like it was well thought out. No, no, guys. It was not great. They it was just, just like honestly got that like... Teddy Roosevelt riding an ostrich type, type, type of outfit. You know, like it just blows I mean, up around you. I, I hope, I haven't been to my hometown since, but I hope to everything on this planet that they've done better. Yeah. <laughs> but better. That, was, that was only in 2007. It's not like it was 50 years ago. Like, damn. Um, okay. Our second featured female owned business is Deja Vu. Deja Vu Ladies Resale Boutique. They consign and buy outright ladies' clothing and accessories. High school on up. Madewell, Free People, St. John's. They even have a vintage section. I bought an amazing black vintage dress there recently, and I love it and can't wait to go back. They've also added a section of one of our other female-owned businesses, Megan Lee Designs. You can get her T-shirts at Deja Vu. They're located at 11 North State Street in Westerville, Ohio. All consigners get 10% off every day 
and they are always looking for new consigners. Check out their website, DejaVuWesterville.com, for what's going on. That's D-E-J-A-V-U-W-E-S-T-E-R-V-I-L-L-E.com. You can follow them on Instagram at DejaVuWesterville and on Facebook at DejaVuConsignment. So anyways... That was the Rough Riders, and yeah. William McKinley's an ass. Anyways, <laughs> in 1901, uh, William McKinley got assassinated, so he didn't last long after telling her no anyways. <laughs> anyways, um, in 1901, unfortunately, Annie and Frank had to leave the Buffalo Bill show because of a serious train accident that injured Annie's back and left her temporarily paralyzed. Jeez. I didn't like, know that at all. I, at no, all. No. And why would you? No. Why would you? That's ya? insane. Um, but, um, she eventually learned how to walk again. Like, what the fuck kind of badass is this? What is this? Annie yeah. Oakley, you crazy. Um, so anyways, um, fun story. William Randolph Hearst. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Okay. He's, he's also a big, giant douche. Anyways, he, um, <laughs> this is kind of funny though. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So he, uh, published a false story in the paper because he owned all of the papers back then. Um, he published a false story, which was moderately false, but it was false in the way saying that Annie Oakley had been arrested for stealing to support a cocaine habit. What? But guess what? It turns out it was an Annie Oakley, but it was a burlesque dancer named Annie Oakley. <laughs> of course. Of course. Like, and I said, and better, I said, that is why we now research our names before committing. No, no, no. no, no, no. That Annie Oakley back in the day, she did that on purpose. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's how you got your burlesque name absolutely. back in the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. You stole just, it from people that were famous, so when people saw it, they were like, wait a minute. I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever read. I was like, oh my God, of course it was a burlesque dancer. You bitch, why? <laughs> it must look bad. Anyways, um, so she, the real Annie Oakley, sued William Randolph Hearst for defamation and won $27,000 for her libel case. $27,000 now is a lot of money. Yeah. Like, could you imagine back in those, like, early That's 1900s insanity. Times? Like... I should have done the... Well, that's the thing, too, is because, like, Annie Oakley's name is everything. So, yeah. why, like, you just you just took so much money out of, Abs- my, out of my pocket. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. After she just had a train accident that almost killed her. Yeah. Like, what a douche. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, listen, I get it if she wanted to do cocaine after she was slightly paralyzed. Yes. That's, yeah. like, the perfect time to do it. I mean, like, they but, were still working on painkillers, so... Right. Yeah. <laughs> cocaine was still in Coca-Cola at that yeah. point, so, you know, whatever. Anyways, <clears throat> so she took a break. Um, while still practicing shooting. She never stopped doing that. She's a Gina Davis in that sense. And she finally joined another Wild West show in 1911 and ended up retiring by 1913. By 1917, the U.S. was uh, hell-bent on joining World War I, and Annie once again offered her women volunteers as well as teaching marksmanship to existing troops. So to men, she was like, I will train these guys. I don't give a shit. I just, I want to help. She's Annie Oakley. Yeah. And, if um, you're to enter World War One, you're gonna need Annie Oakley. Guess what? What? She was rejected again. Of course. Of course she was. Uh, it's like course. you don't want the best shooter. The best shooter to, to help you win the war, you little shit. <laughs> Anyways, um, Annie was planning for a comeback in 1922 with a motion picture in a, um, a bunch of shooting events in like big cities like New York and Chicago and, yeah. and like somewhere in Massachusetts where she lived. 
But so she would have been like in her 50s at this time, right? I'm just trying to like yes. picture. I'm yep. just trying to like get yep. this uh, Actually, okay. 60, 70, 80, 90, 1, 2, 60. Okay, so 60. Oh, well, so not, not quite. quite. Yeah, sorry, late 50s. Late 50s. No, 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 62. 62. Oh, okay, got it. Sorry. Yeah, I was just trying to put this all in like Luckily, she was born in an even number. Yeah, makes um, it easy. So, <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, she, uh, she and Frank were in an auto accident this time that took her a full year to recover from. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So she wanted to, I mean, at 60, I mean, 50, no, 62. There were like three cars on the road. And, and she just got them. lucky. Yeah. Isn't that great? Um, so she wanted to get back to performing, but by um, 1925, she was very frail and very ill. Um, Annie passed away at the age of 66 on November 3rd, 1926. Um, there was various reasons listed, but they said it was probably pneumonia that got her. Yeah. Um, but Frank was so distraught that he refused to eat, and he died 18 days later. Like my grandpa. That's what my grandpa did when my grandma. Died. Oh my God! It's so sad. it's romantic, but it's so it's sad. It's so sad. Yeah. Um, they were so in love. Um, yeah. You know, they were together for a long, long time, um, and they were uh, buried next to one another in a cemetery in Ohio. Mm, that's yeah. sweet, though. It's very sweet. It's sad. It's but very it's sweet. sweet. Yeah. Um, initially, he was not going to be buried in the same place because he died in Michigan. And back then, you yeah, really kind of are buried where you bodies. Right, yeah. You're buried where you get land, I guess. Um, but a, here's just some random like trivia for you. She ended up donating all of her fortune throughout her entire life to her family and charities. She sounds like a really good person. I know, I know. She's like a real stand-up broad. So she was a staunch women's advocate and activist. Of course and, she was. And continually supported young women. Of course she was, because her whole life was having to stand up for herself. Yes, but she advocated for equal pay and equal work for women, but strangely did not speak about women's right to vote, um, saying it was an acceptable concept only if the good women vote. <laughs> and I said, I like to think she meant, like, the Karens. Yeah, she didn't I, but it's also an acceptable concept if only the good men vote. Uh, so oh, like, but listen, we can't fight that fight. Yeah, We no. cannot fight that fight. <laughs> That's already been lost. Um, so she, um, here's another fun fact. These are just fun facts. I'm done. She's already dead, but I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm done. She's the, dead. the facts now. Spitting facts. Got it. Um, there's only two left. Um, she could split, this is the coolest thing. She could split a playing card held edge on, meaning the edge was facing her from 30 paces away. That's amazing. Like, that is like that, that how? Her paces like feet? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Steps. That's steps. Like steps. Yeah. But like, it, yeah, there's a, steps. I was like, who's steps? First steps? It's like tiny little antique feet. Break like steps? <laughs> but no, that's still amazing. Um, no matter she, whose feet that no, is. No, 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 absolutely. And she hit uh, dimes tossed into the air, and she shot cigarettes out of Frank's mouth. That's how much Frank loved her. And trusted her. That's yeah. trust, that ladies absolute, and gentlemen. I'm going to no let my way. husband know when I get home what kind of trust I expect in our You're marriage. You're like, hey, listen, I heard this about Annie Oakley. Will you do this for me? No? Well, then fuck you. <laughs> um, and then last thing, Sitting Bull, um, back to the moccasins, gave her a pair of moccasins that he had wore to the Battle of Little Bighorn. That's a, that's She cherished them until death. So sweet. Yes. That's so sweet. So that is Annie Oakley, That's mom. amazing. She's That was an awesome story. Uh, it was a, a wild ride. A wild, yes. Buffalo Bill's wild ride. <laughs> a wild ride through the wild ways of Annie Oakley. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's it. That's it. That's yeah. it. I mean... 
that's awesome. Yeah. So um, I don't think we have any events coming up next, but the the next one I know of is in January, and I'll be super duper pregnant. So pregnant. It'll be a lot like when I did uh, the boat the show. No, no. This will be more like when oh, we the, did uh, yeah. Columbus Covers Columbus, Columbus show. Oh, shit, yeah. So, like, we're doing kind of very, yeah. very similar lineups of show because uh, you're due in February. I was due in March. Yeah. We did our boat show in November, and then we did February. We did uh, uh, the Columbus Covers Columbus, and yeah. we're, we're, like, we're repeating that with your pregnancy. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's great. Um, it's just such fun being, um, being pregnant. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely want to thank She Burns Bright for Absolutely. having us here. This is an amazing concept. It's an amazing festival. I really hope it, it's, there's multiples of them and that we could get to come back and do this again. And so God fun. bless, God bless Nikki Wonder for asking us to be a part of this oh, yeah. awesome event. This so, is such so a great event and I am so honored to be yeah, here. It's so awesome. I'm super excited to like get up and walk around and check everything out. Um, if you guys like what you heard, uh, definitely check us out. We are Revolution Rosies. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you find podcasts. You some can find Amazon us. ones. Some Amazon uh, ones. Oh, we're on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, all of our videos are on YouTube, and we're on TikTok. Yes, this one does TikToks for us. Um, uh, I've, been I'm really <laughs> I've been really slacking. I've been really slacking, y'all. Really slacking. You have no reason. But to be you can slacking. find us on all of those platforms at Revolution Rosies. Um, if you have a badass woman that you want to learn more about, um, please email us at revolutionrosies at gmail.com. Also, until the end of 2021, we are offering ad spaces for female-owned businesses for free. So if you have a female-owned business um, that you would like to have showcased on our show, we are doing ad spaces for free. Just email us at revolutionrosies at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Facebook or Instagram at revolutionrosies. I think we only have like three or four slots left, so definitely get in there um, if you are looking for free advertisement on our podcast. Absolutely. And thank you all so much for having us, and have a great rest of your day. And smear lipstick. Don't forget to like and subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find us. And we would love to get some more listeners. You can visit us on our Facebook at Revolution Rosies, on Instagram at Revolution Rosies, on Twitter at Revolution Rosies, but I wouldn't go there because we don't. You can email us your art inspirational women that you would like us to talk about and stories about amazing things you have done at revolutionrosies at gmail.com. Our music is by Electro Cult Circus, written and performed by our very own Vivian Vega. Our logo is by Amanda Braska, and this show has been researched and produced by Vivian Vega and Betty LaRue. Check out images to go along with each month's women and added bonuses by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Revolution Rosies and on TikTok. Bye.